At any given time, around 400 New Zealanders are affected by motor neuron disease. It is a fatal, rapidly progressing disease with no known cure, and any diagnosis is tragic. But Michael Cocroft was just 34 years old when he was diagnosed. Usually it happens between the ages of 50 and 70. Now, talking is hard work for Michael. His voice has deteriorated due to the disease. So today he's talking to us through computer software. He spent the first lockdown in 2020 recording and banking his voice. So it is actually Michael's true voice you're going to hear. It's produced through a computer. Hi, Michael. Hi, Jesse. Thanks for allowing me the time on your program. Tell me about your journey getting diagnosed with MND. Little did I know in 2019, when I was the ripe old age of 33, my beautiful wife, my one-and-a-half-year-old daughter and I were all living in Wellington. I was the breadwinner at the time. I was working as an architecture graduate at a firm that specialized in the design of laboratories and scientific research facilities. I had literally just finished building a 53-meter-long white picket fence around our home in Tawa. When I started having a bit of trouble with my hand, I started to have cramp and tingling in my right hand with a bit of strength loss. At the time, given my line of work and a bit of help from Dr. Google, I diagnosed myself with repetitive strain injury from using the keyboard and mouse all day at work. Your GP agreed with you and treated you for RSI, but then things began to get worse. You were tired all the time, talking became more difficult, you had twitchy muscles, and at that point I think you got worried about MS. You were told there was a three to six month wait for testing, and so you decided to go see a private neurologist. That was the best 500 bucks I have ever spent. Going private got me an appointment within a fortnight. After I explained all my symptoms, and the private neurologist had examined me. I am pretty sure he knew what it was, but would not say. I did start to wonder if it was something serious. I'm talking to Michael Cocroft, a 37-year-old living with motor neuron disease. He's talking to us through software as it's too hard for him to talk in the usual way. So then, Michael, you get all these tests done. Uh, And the first was shock treatment. Can you tell us about the second test? The second test involved inserting a needle into my muscles with a tiny microphone to listen. Apparently, they make noises that one was uncomfortable. They put them in my arms, hands, feet, spine, even my neck, and under my chin. I thought the one under my chin was the worst until the end, when the doctor said, Now if you feel breathless at all tonight, You need to call an ambulance, because there is a small chance the one I put in near your spine may have punctured one of your lungs. Wow, and then a lot more tests, and you started to cotton on that it might be MND. But they wanted to do an MRI, I think, to rule out cancer. 
I knew there was nothing inside me, but for a day or so, until the results of the MRI came back, I was hoping for cancer, because I knew the survival rates of cancer were far better than that of MND. After the MRI came back clear, the doctor would still not confirm a diagnosis because of my age. I think the doctor wanted to be sure. So on Valentine's Day 2020, Lara and I attended a meeting with not just my doctor, but the entire neurology department. There must have been 20 doctors in there that had all reviewed my case. I was set up the front, and another doctor examined me. They all took turns asking questions, and then we were shuffled off to a side room while they all decided my fate. About 10 minutes later, the doctor came in, sat down, and said, we all think it is motor neuron disease. The doctor gave me a prescription for a tic-tac-sized pill to be taken twice a day. And that was it. From first symptom to diagnosis, took about 12 months. How much do you notice of the progression of the disease, Michael? Is it is it so gradual that you don't notice? Or do you wake up some mornings and notice a change? I have heard stories of things changing overnight. Thankfully, my MND seems to be a gradual decline. But as an example of how mine has progressed, with something simple like scratching your nose, one month, it would be easy to lift my hand up and scratch my nose. The next month, it would feel like someone had added a bit of weight to my arm and made it a little bit harder. Then, with every month following, it would almost feel like a bit more weight had been added to my arm to a point where I could no longer lift it at all. A blessing of the disease is there is not really any physical pain. But emotionally it can be hard. Every now and then, I have a cry when things catch up with me. When something else stops working, or gets harder. But Lara and I have become very good at adapting with the moving feast. And I mentioned earlier, usually people are diagnosed much older than you were. Do you find services available that cater to your age? Well, when I was first diagnosed, at the ripe old age of 34, I was first referred on to a geriatrician to manage my care going forward. Ha ha, so what does that tell you? To be honest, we do not see much of anyone other than the occasional checkup or when we ask for something, or need equipment. Lara and I are pretty much left to our own devices. We don't have any carers or anything. This is because we opted for the option, where I am allocated a sum of money, for me to spend on my own care, and I employ Lara from that fund, to care for me. She is pretty special, and I am lucky to have her. There is still a full team of professionals at the hospital, available if and or when we need them. This is made up of physios, speech-language therapists, occupational therapists, dietitians, respiratory doctors and so on.
If we need help, we do just need to yell. Have any of those services helped you? There is not really much in the way of treatment. They tend to give you equipment to make things easier. The best thing I have that helps me is my daughter. She is the reason I make Lara get me out of bed every day. Even with MND, I am the one that does the school drop-off. Her and I ride shotgun on my wheelchair to school each day. What are the main frustrations for you? My main frustrations are mostly around the things I can't do with my daughter. Like being able to play on the floor with her or read her a story. But we get round these things by riding shotgun on my wheelchair to the park and things like that to watch her play. And so what do you hope will happen by sharing your story today? I guess ultimately, inspiring someone to develop or find a cure. But I guess too, showing people that yes, MND is a bit shit, but there is still life after diagnosis. Haha, <laughs> you can even get on the radio. Thank you, Michael, for sharing your story. That's Michael Cocroft. He has motor neuron disease and was talking to me with his 2020 edition voice as he's now rapidly losing his ability to talk in the usual way. I'm joined now by his wife, Lara, on the phone. Hi, Lara. Hello, Jesse. How are you? Good. We've just heard from Michael. Um, I've got to say, first up, he seems to have kept his sense of humour. Yes, 100%. Definitely. Yeah. Helps. Pretty unimaginable for the rest of us the last few years for you. How, how do you sort of characterise life since the diagnosis? Um, probably turned upside down. Probably the first six months after diagnosis and that whole period of trying to work out what it was was probably the most stressful time of my life. So really? we've, but we've kind of settled into our rhythm and we have quite a happy life now. Pleased to hear it. And you, yep. obviously your plans or... Um, your daily life has changed quite a bit because you've become, you've moved into the role of caregiver. You've got a bit of funding. How's that been working? Yeah, um, good. Uh, it's it's worked out well for um, both of us. Um, I suppose not ideal in um, many senses, but I suppose you've just got to make the best of it and kind of just uh, work through the day and get done what needs to be done. And I probably wouldn't have anyone else doing it. And I, probably, I think you'd probably prefer no one else to be doing yeah. it. So, I mean, that's just what you do for the person you love. So. Of course. What sort of support do you get? What sort of support do you need? Um, well, part of the reason why we moved down here is um, Michael's family was all down here. And so they're a major support for us. Um, his mother's amazing. She always comes in and and pretty much takes over with anything that he needs and gives me a bit of a break and yeah. to just kind of focus on our daughter or whatever. And if anything happens that we just yeah need need help with with um, our daughter, they're definitely there for that. So that's probably the most major thing. And then other than that, it's it's probably just the people at the hospital, um, the OTs and things like that. He had a, a hospital stay recently, and the staff there were just amazing. Yeah. So yeah, that. All that type of thing helps out, but you, you're pretty much doing it just us two by ourselves most yeah. of the time. So, I, I guess your daughter has grown up with this in a sense. This would be sort of her yeah. normal. Yeah, pretty. She, um, I mean, we show her videos and photos of Dad before MND, but she very much knows him as 
the the dad that she has now she she can't really remember him yeah. walking and um not being in a wheelchair so it's it, it's pretty normal for her with this platform you've probably um never expected to be a spokesperson for this disease <laughs> but what, no. what would you like people to be aware of um it, it is a really horrible um disease and unfortunately in life you kind of you kind of get what you get and yeah. um and you kind of have to deal with it but i i think the most important thing is, is is that it's amazing what people can get through and um and we do have moments where it's all very overwhelming and um you know some he'll he'll progress a little bit more and and it, or we'll have moments where it's very confronting, like when he goes to the hospital and he's given the death talk by the doctors, like yeah. it's likely that if this goes wrong, it's not going to, you know, and, and those moments are really confronting. But, you know, you can still find moments of joy and hope. And um, and despite all of that, you can still have a, a really a nice life. You've just, I mean, I'm amazed by Michael's mindset and positivity, and yeah. that, that helps for me as well. But, it's, yeah, I suppose it's proven to me, like you can just get through these things despite the tragedy of it. So, yeah, yeah. I'd it, it, say there's hope in every situation. Yeah, thank you. And and anything that you sort of wish you'd known or would have liked yourself to have known three years ago when you began this, um, sorry, the word journey doesn't quite cover it, but yeah, you know yeah, what I'm no, getting yeah, at. No, but, uh, yeah, um, I call it a marathon, <laughs> a marathon. Yeah. Um, probably uh, taking on a carer as, as a carer role is really hard because you just are kind of, especially family carers, you're kind of thrown into the role, but you're not, you know, like you're not really taught how to like do all the things that a carer does. Yeah. So you've kind of got to go through this process of kind of working it all out. So I wish looking back now that I um, had had probably, and maybe just needed to ask for a little bit of support in, in that. And we really took a long time. I mean, cause we were young and we were independent and then to kind of have all that taken away, especially me, um, I took a long time to learn to just ask for help, so I wish I'd just kind of done that a lot sooner. So, yeah. <laughs> Man, he's lucky to have you. Um, yeah, I'm lucky to have him, though. So, hmm. yeah. And the other thing we haven't talked about is how young you both are. That makes your experience really uh, yeah, different. a little and, bit different. Yeah. yeah. And I guess there are a community of people with motor neuron disease or, or supporting people with motor neuron disease, um, but you... I mean, how many of them are anywhere near your age? Uh, there's a few, but I mean, definitely, like the average age, I think, is around 65. So it's definitely, Michael was an outlier. I think he was the second youngest person in Wellington area to be diagnosed. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely not um, the norm. But um, And then I think with that, there comes a whole lot of comp You know, it's a little bit more complex. Like when you're a bit older, it is easier to have a carer come in um, and support you rather than being the, um, you know, your wife being the main carer. So, but yeah, and you don't, you know, like we have to juggle having a child and yeah. maintaining like the life of young, you know, of, of parents and things like that. But it doesn't sound to me like you spend a lot of time sitting around wondering why it happened to you and, and feeling upset about that. Um, well, we definitely have. Yeah. Uh, it, it's kind of, it's kind of weird because you kind of go through all those steps of grieving um before the the, the kind of in advance yeah before the <laughs> it, worst it of it really hits. weird but um like we uh, and definitely for those first six months we i mean it was a complete shock our life got turned upside down we 
we moved, we, we renovated a house to make it wheelchair accessible yeah. for Michael. Like we had all these huge changes. Um, so that and that's definitely yeah, during that period it was really hard and, and just yeah, the mental questions of well why and he's so young and then it's it's not just you, it's you know, like his family having yeah. those questions as well. So they've definitely been there but I I think and I mean, I don't. You just come to a point of accepting it and going, yeah, this is what it is. We have to just make the best of a bad situation and and live our lives as best as possible. So, but yeah, we've definitely been to those dark places for sure. Um, thanks very much for the insight today and um, for sort of enabling us to talk to both of you, Lara. Really appreciate it. That's that's great. I'm glad that we can um yeah maybe inform a few more people about the disease. It definitely wasn't on our radar, yeah. so um. If, if more people can find out about it, that's great.